Welcome to FNG1, the new guy's guide to Formula One and the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me is Sean. Howdy guys. And Sean, we are here to talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. Yeah. Which just happened yesterday. No? Yes. Yes, yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The days just run together. Well, and the race kind of... I don't know. The, let's okay. Let's just dive into something that I wanted to talk about. The races are running together a little bit for me so far this year. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the podiums, and we've had four races. The Ham Verbot. The Ham Verbot has been the podium for three of those four races, and the other one probably would have been, except that Bottas had to retire his car. What was that? And that was a. That was one where Norris snuck in. Yeah, that was the Hamnor. But the Hambot, the Hamverbot, it's, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, Ver is one of mine, so I'm on board to some extent, but it's not always the most interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've, we have now a fully formed like F1 and F1.5 and then like F2. Going. And I'm not going to lie, F1.5 and F2 are far more exciting. I mean, F1.5 is pretty rad. F2 is, they're not scoring. <laughs> they, get, they get like one point each. But yeah, yeah, but, you know, take away the points and it's fascinating what's going on back there. I mean, at one point in this race, uh, you know, in the like sixth and seventh range, they were running like four wide on a turn. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before in a race. There were so many cars packed together with a lap and a half to go. It was wild. Yeah, yeah, and a little bit is uh, the 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 track itself, like kind of lends itself to to the cars getting bunched up, but not quite passing each other. But I mean, I, I, I know who th- was the person who was the person in that group that uh, was creating utter chaos and nearly got some people killed. Who? That's our buddy Stroll. Stroll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stroll <laughs> at one point was passing there. people and then falling back just as rapidly, like just two laps later. Well, and just oh, so desperate to, to pass somebody that he overcooked the turn and just cruised on through went straight through. the curb. Just, just hung out and then went back on the, on the course uh, illegally, but he gave the spot back. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the front is kind of running together a little bit, but right now... You're watching like the top two drivers are just like on another plane. Like both those cars are pretty much equal right now. And both those uh, guys hard are... disagree, but okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say they're pretty much equal. Maybe Mercedes has run down the, the car difference, but Hamilton and Max are both like absolutely masterclass. Like they they've maxed out all the stats. They're kind of just, you know They are play they do seem to be playing a different game. Yeah. Than everybody else is playing, which you know, yeah, is is the 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 place where that feels the most stark is with Bottas and Perez. You know, <laughs> well, and and Perez, except I don't think anybody ever. Re- I mean, yes, everybody wants Perez up on the podium, you know, at Red Bull because that's what they need strategy wise. But I mean, Valtteri always has been. I mean, that is oh, that's true. It there's an expectation there. <laughs> But yeah. he and he's still getting third, but he's like twenty seconds behind. Yeah, I, I think if you were gonna put any other two drivers that are kind of like basically unconscious right now, it's probably Leclerc and Norris. Because both of yeah. them Norris had a little bit of a down race this week, but 
Like, LeClaire is doing some wild shit in that car. He's, I mean, he's looking good, man. I'm he, not going to lie. He's he was, looking real good He was harassing Botas for most of the race in a much better car. <laughs> well, yeah, and what's hilarious about LeClaire is that he's very silently doing an amazing job out there. Yeah. Like, it's, it is lacking in, like, event in a good way. There's no ado. No, it's he just... just He's just out there executing the plan as yeah. it was intended to be done. Like it was one unreal pass right there at the start around that outside corner. Yeah. And then that, nothing else happened. He just kind of dictated the race and did what he needed to do. Like pretty cool. But the front but, of the race is where all the, I mean, where it was, it looked like it might be kind of boring and then turned out to be awesome. Well, maybe I, say, not so I, much fu- I found it boring. It was I so Spain, I, I kinda joked about this last time, lends itself to be boring. The track sure. always turns into a parade because really how the DRS zone works. The cars kind of get up and they can follow each other in DRS, but it's actually difficult for them to pass. I think during the race they quoted that you needed something like a one point eight second per lap advantage to pass somebody. So mm-hmm. like you have to be absolutely like cooking their ass to pass them, right? It's really hard to get past the driver in front of you. And so what happens, and and we talked about this with the midfield is you get, you know, four or five cars back to back to back and they're all getting DRS. So nobody has the advantage over anybody. They're just all flying down the straight with their wings open as fast as they can, but nobody can make a pass (laughs) because strolls at the front of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you don't know if you should pass just coming up the works and you don't know if you try and pass him if he's going to kill you. Yeah, right. I mean, you really got to commit to it and and make your peace with with God before you make that attempt. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, Hamilton and Max, right? The race started and Max did. I'll tell you what, this is like three races in a row where Max's start has been phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's like, you know, he's maxed out the the uh, I guess that's a little bit of a bad pun, but the, the starting stat. Like he's just killing the stat starts, and then um, he's not being nice at all in the first corner. No, he was super not nice in the first corner of this one. But you know, but that, Hamilton one—that's his style, and two—that's how that's how it's got to be done. Yeah, the and Hamilton, uh, he made the comment after the race that uh, he knew it wasn't that wasn't the spot to pick the fight. Right. So Hamilton, I, mean, it, I think, quietly knew he was gonna cook his ass in the rest of the race well what i was thinking might happen suddenly was that we were going to get what you were talking about where max and hamilton take each other out in the very first corner and then it's a very Uh, different race for everyone no i was thinking where that's going to happen for a split second i was like oh man this is gonna be it over the weekend i was thinking where that's actually going to happen is when lewis has a pretty decent points advantage heading into the last few races and max is basically running out of time to earn back that point deficit he needs, and Lewis mm. is just going to let it happen. Oh, just to take and, them both out. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, I mean that's happened before. We've, we've had teammates take each other out for championships, but so yeah, I mean great start by Max, and he kind of checked out there for a second, and then really the back half of that first stint, like Hamilton was just coming, and you know it looked like it was pretty much going to be inevitable that he was going to pass. Max and then Max just out of nowhere just dove into the pits probably too early which was kind of weird because you know it felt like Red Bull was feeling pressure then because they said I think he pitted on like lap 22 and they said the longest that 
medium tire went last year was 37 laps and he needed to make, you know, 44 out of the, those tires. To well, yeah, the but race. it's not like he was going to go seven more laps on those tires. Well, that's where, and yeah, and that's where it was kind of like, I, it felt a little bit like a panic because they were getting so much pressure from Lewis that they had to do something. Cause he, Lewis was like three tenths off going around that final corner. Like it, I, it looked like the pass was going to happen right there anyway. So they didn't really have a choice, but then, you know, Max forces, you know, the hand there because he comes out on better tires and is able to basically gap out. So when Lewis makes the corresponding pit stop, I think he pitted six laps or four laps later or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was behind because, you know, Max has been out there laying down those fast laps on fresh tires. And then again, you see Lewis catching, catching, catching. And right before Lewis was going to catch Hamilton you know, or catch Max, he was getting close, but not quite doing it, you know, the pass. And so the question was, you know, can Max hold on? Are they going to go to the end of the race? Lewis pulled that surprise pit stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's a strategy. And and I've actually been asked by this at Rhino Ag asked about it. It's, it's called the undercut. And so typically the second driver, because they pass the pit straight, you know, after the first driver, obviously, what they're going to try to do is it's the undercut strategy. So you go off, you get the fresh tires, and then you run that next lap much faster than the first guy did so say you're half a second off that first guy maybe while he's on his old tires you turn in a lap that's a second half faster so even if he comes in on the next lap you've made up you're a positive second on him right Mm -hmm. so you've passed him without ever passing him and so basically by lewis pulling that surprise pit stop it put red bull just they were pretty much fucked the second it happened and I had some questions like, should they have pitted? They probably should have pitted, but they were probably screwed anyway because. Well, and I think that's really what it was. I don't think that that was, I got to be honest with you, like looking at it, I just watched it actually today because I didn't watch it the day of the race. Uh, none of that seemed like it was necessarily bad strategy at any point. It's just the car is faster on that course uh, at the very least. Well, yeah. And you heard Max, you know, just on the radio, like, they're faster. And in fact, right before, um, like if the- they had pitted even the same lap and put the same tires on, like if, if Red Bull and Mercedes had the exact same tires at the exact same pits every time, I don't see how Max the like, o- fends off that Mercedes. The only point. thing is Spain is so damn hard to pass on track and the, the right. cars are equal enough and Max is good enough to make it closer to lewis than you know for instance there was perez there like lewis is going to eat him alive right but it's max mm-hmm. so they're close in abilities they're close in cars it's going to be real hard to get that second and a half lap a lap um advantage to pass him not saying it couldn't be done and it was looking like the mercedes was probably good enough to pull that off at some point but again it's it's still an issue of making it happen on track at a track where it's difficult to pass but uh then, I mean, that was kind of intriguing from the Lewis being down 23 seconds and watching it happen. But, I mean, I felt for Verstappen, you could hear just how frustrated he was because they're like, yeah, so he's like two seconds a lap faster. And you're but, like, you know, again, I go back and listen to it. I don't think he was all that. He was pretty pissed off. There was one where he was like, this car so fucking slow. Um, and he was pretty pissed about like how much more grip they had before one of the pits. Well, yeah. I mean, he was saying they have that much more grip, but I mean, that's what I mean. I don't think he was particularly frustrated by like the situation so much as like, 
you know, our car isn't, our car is not where there's a, is yet. Yeah. And I think, which is, a, you know, I think that's I, a different, I established that as my opinion last week. You did, but you know, I mean, they went in the season, you know, Max was real confident going in the season. Horner was real confident. And, you know, we all, you know, you and I, and maybe the people not involved were kind of like, we'll see how it is in like four races. And it kind of feels like it's starting to get to like four races later. Yeah, I mean, I think this is what it is. It's still the better car. At the beginning of the season, everybody's still doing some tweaking and tuning. Practice can only teach you so much. And so now everybody's got a few races under their belts. They've been developing the car a little bit more. And now, you know, it's kind of shuffled back out to what it was before. Right, right. And the the only, uh, I guess the Ex- only... With the exception of... I still feel like the gain on the Red Bull car has been more dramatic from last year to this year because you it's know competitive. before well it's competitive and also the gap to fourth place seems much broader than it was last year. Is it? It sure feels like it. I feel like a lot more of the time last season I was sweating Max getting the podium and now I'm only wondering is he gonna pull off a win or not yeah i i felt like they were pretty far up but I, now i'm you now i'm misremembering last year but i mean yeah, also part of that may be colored by the fact that i was watching albin in like 12 well, place. you had no defense yeah <laughs> and so well and it was like eh, maybe the car is garbage i yeah. don't know <laughs> yeah i think there was there's kind of a funny thing about the car this year and it's you know because we talk about how cursed that second seat is and somebody posted posted the question and then i got reminded by uh somebody oh, i'm trying to i can't remember the tag but that is the red bull car actually bad and max is just the most incredible driver that's ever lived <laughs> i don't think it's a bad car it seems good <laughs> no it, it, it like it's a difficult car to drive and historically at least i say historically like the last few years it's been rumored to be extremely difficult to drive very very fast like it suited max's just aggressive style and like preternatural ability this year is not the case. Max has talked about how it's a calmer car and easier to drive. It's just mm-hmm. Max is really good. That's why he's getting more performance out of the car. But I guess moving on to the uh, the second and third driver. So this this bizarre strategy by Lewis. This is your first uh, public critique from Christian Horner about Perez. Mm. So I don't know if you heard the quote, but he basically said, we need him to be doing better because... Hamilton was able to pull off that strategy because he wasn't basically involved in the race. Right. Because um, I pull, I, I went and checked the numbers, actually. I was watching it today. So when Lewis pitted on lap 42, Leclerc was 29 seconds back, and Perez was 44 seconds back from Max and Lu- um, yeah. Lewis. And so that was like, that's kind of the problem we're looking at, right? Botas isn't... But let me ask you this question. Where was Botas? Botas was about eight seconds back. Okay. So the problem is with the strategy, if say Perez is 12 seconds back or 18 seconds back even, right? And Hamilton comes out behind him, the car is fast enough. He can make Hamilton take eight, nine, 10 laps to get by him. Right. No, I get all that. I guess what I'm getting at is... Maybe. Lewis was on like kind of another, some we other We just bullshit. spent 10 minutes talking about how... Max and Hamilton are driving at a just below godlike level of ability. Yeah. 
who the fuck is going to be up there competing with them? Right. Who's available to compete with them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Daniel Ricardo, I think, is going to be the ultimate answer to this question. You think that Ricardo could be up there competing yeah. for the podium with Hamilton or with Lou, or Max? He did. He did uh, in 2018. Now that's a non-starter because he's he not coming back to Red Bull. No, he left. No, I just right. think I think the ultimate story here to tie this up because we focused on Perez, we focused on the second drivers, um, is that. Horner is still chasing what they kind of let go because if right. they have, if they have Ricardo, like Ricardo's beating Botas this year in the cars. Oh, and, right. But you're saying let go as though it was their choice. Well, I mean, figured out what, what was bothering <laughs> him enough to make it happen. But, but I do want to, the only thing I want to say about Botas, cause he was basically non-existent. Um, sure. He got passed by a, an F 1.5 car immediately mm-hmm. again and couldn't get past them. Um, until the pit stops, but they said it again during the race that the Mercedes can't follow in the pack, and they use that excuse for Botas so much, and it's kind of made me mad because that was kind of the the storyline last year is the Mercedes isn't very good in the pack, but we've seen multiple times now Hamilton fall back to like some bad position, like you know, a yeah, couple and he races just ago. slices through, he it just like, cuts through the group like it's yeah. no big deal, and it's right back up on the podium versus Botas who's stuck back behind Leclerc for like twenty five laps. Mm-hmm. So that that I mean, neither one of them are on the same plane as the first driver, but I that was just the first time, it, and it jumped out to me where you saw Christian Horner make a comment about it. So let me ask you this then: let let's play uh, silly season early just for fun. If we, and I'm not actually saying that I agree with this premise, but it's yeah. fun. If we assume that. Perez is not long for the second seat of Red Bull because they don't like to keep anybody there. <laughs> um, wouldn't the funniest thing to happen be for George Russell to end up at Red Bull? That would be by far the funniest thing to happen. The second <laughs> no, funniest would be... Given that his manager is Total Wolf, I don't think that that's particularly The second funniest reasonable. would be Esteban Ocon for the same reason. Because he's... Ocon, really? Yeah, he's a Mercedes driver still. And Total Wolf is still his uh, manager. But Russell is considered to be one of those top young hot talents. Uh, Ocon is too. So Ocon was like supposed to be this great talent a few years ago. And then he took that year off because he got bumped out by Lance Stroll's dad buying the team. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so like last year was kind of his first year back. And he's been his race pace has got awful. But that Alpine Alpine car is not good in the race. He's qualified extremely well the last two weeks. He's been up ahead. Ocon has. Yeah, he's been fifth and sixth the last two weeks. Well, sixth and fifth if you do it in the correct order. All right, so those would be the funniest one. But you know, if we're going to play the silly season game, my answer to you is if you said we're replacing Perez, I don't know with who. No, no, I know that. I actually wrote out a list of how I kind of thought the drivers were roughly ranked. Oh, look at you. I know. I Ranking was, the drivers. I, I was curious. And so, you know, if you put, you know, I, I put kind of... I fun- am sure that this list is completely devoid of personal bias. Uh, well, it was. <laughs> but some a buddy of mine bumped it up. But I, I put Hamilton, Verstappen, Ricardo, Leclerc, and Norris right now are kind of in a group by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then the second tier, I didn't really... These aren't ranked. So it's Gasly, Russell, Ocon, Botas, Sainz, and Perez. And then the third tier is just some other guys. And the the last tier was 
either rookies or people I think should retire. But so I was trying to figure out that middle that middle ranking. And even if you said Perez is like eighth through tenth in that list, the guys above him aren't available. Gasly might be better, but Gasly's never going back. Right. Russell's not going there. Ocon, I actually had behind Perez. Sainz is locked up. And Botas certainly isn't going from Mercedes to Red Bull, although that would be crazy. And I don't know that that solves your problem. You just get better qualifying. You upgrade qualifying and don't get any better racing. Fun. So I actually don't think there's really a good answer. I was just, it's just going to make the year difficult. And that was just the first time I heard that comment. Yeah. What do we have next? Sorry. I think- I, for anybody that's listening, I am uh, injured and in a great deal of pain while we're recording and possibly have some painkillers kicking in. So I apologize if this one is all over the place. It's going to get weird. This, epi- this episode's going to sound like Mazepin all over the road. Well, we have the, the second championship fight. If we want to say Ferrari versus McLaren are kind of doing their own. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, all in all, I would say a good week for Ferrari. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean Leclerc had Leclerc had the best week you could ha- you know ask for. Sure, yeah. Because you know if you're saying that Ferrari and McLaren are fighting over fifth through eighth, you know he's qualifying fourth and finishing fourth, so he's up into cutting into you know Red Bull and Mercedes territory. Um, Ricardo had a good race, which is I feel like we should point out because he hasn't had um, good ones. He qualified pretty well. He outqualified Norris, which oddly enough, he's outqualified Norris three to one this year. Huh? Yeah. He has not outfinished. He has not outfinished him. I think he's actually finished behind him every race until now. But yeah, I thought that was pretty weird because it feels like Ricardo has been having a God awful year. And then you look at the qualifying he's like, well, he's winning three to one. Well, so, you know what they don't give trophies for qualifying. qualifying. Yeah, they do. If you get, you get like a, a tire. <laughs> oh, if you okay. do, if you, you do the fastest, Whoopty shit. <laughs> Stroll got one of those last year, so that should tell you what you... <laughs> oh, okay, great. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ricardo had a good race. Leclerc Are had you good... sure that they weren't just giving Stroll one of his tires that went flying off of his car at one point? <laughs> his dad's like, give this to him. <laughs> I'm, paying, I'm paying you to give this to him. Signs had an okay race. He was fine. He was fine. He qualified fine. He qualified six, which was good. Then ended up finishing seventh, which is fine. Norris had a real off-qualifying... Do you ever feel like um, Kimi Raikkonen is like phased off in like one dimension off from ours? Like, I feel like he's in the races racing a completely separate race that doesn't involve anyone else. He's like on a like he might as well be on a completely different like set of tires, period. Like, you know, I mean, like he's on another plane of existence. Yeah. Like he's not like he's just there of any of it. And he doesn't seem to care about any of it. Every race. It seems like somehow he's up in sixth at one point. You're like, why is he here? And it turns out he hasn't pitted and just like, doesn't feel like doing it until well after everyone else has. And they all just pile past him. Then he goes ahead and pits. It's the weirdest thing. Like, like, Raikkonen at this point feels like on every one of these races, 19 F1 cars are out there trying to win a Grand Prix, and he got up in the morning and took his F1 car to go pick up a coffee and got stuck on the track. And he's just angry about it. He's like your dad trying to go get a coffee and he's just like, shut up and leave me alone. And he's (laughs) trying to go just get away from all of these people so he can go get his coffee and go live in peace. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what he's doing. I have a lot of, what I'm saying is I have a lot of respect for him. (laughs) 
Oh, he rules. He's actually, he was on my list of drivers in the probably should just retire because I don't really know what he's doing at this point. Like, he's pretty quick, but. Like, uh, I, yeah, I I think at this point he's my actual spirit animal out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think he's doing well or, you know, yeah, I think he probably should retire. But his attitude on the course, I completely get and I feel at a deep level. He's so naturally talented. Like in my heart. He's so naturally. He's also so naturally grumpy. Yeah, but he's so naturally (laughs) talented. He can do this without really like thinking about it or preparing for it. But he's also kind of grumpy. And for some reason, he keeps doing it. I think that's it. It's why for some reason is he still doing it? He doesn't seem to enjoy it. I mean, he's still beating his teammate. Like it seems like every race or crashing into him. But- Sure. Yeah, I mean, he had a respectable twelfth after like basically being non-existent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a. We actually got a question. Not to jump back from uh, that, sure. but about McLaren versus Ferrari from uh, at Tom Morris uh, the third or Tom Morris one I I I. He asked if here I'll read his question. So he said he's new to F one, but it's looking like Ferrari is taking the upper hand against McLaren. Is he reading too much into one race? I think in short, I would say probably reading a little bit too much into one one race. Ferrari did bring, you know, the full upgrade package for their aerodynamics this week. So they are quicker. But I mean they finished pretty much the, you know, other than Leclerc being in fourth, pretty much the first or fifth or eighth positions are just McLaren and Ferrari. So they're still super tight. Uh I think they'll stay that way the rest of the season. I think last week I, I was pretty adamant that I thought McLaren would uh end up beating Ferrari out, but maybe that was just emotional hedging. But right now mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I would say see if Ferrari kind of stays on top of them for a few more races and then maybe you can make a call. It's kind of weird because Leclerc, like we said, is kind of up doing like, you know, driving at a really high level. Norris typically is, but didn't show up as much this week. Ricardo getting better, I think, is a good sign for them uh McLaren maintaining the upper hand. All those signs thinks he has awful weekends and is still finishing like seventh. So they're all just good. And those cars are just better than the rest of the midfield. Yeah. So it's it's hard to say. It just looks like they're going to be really, really close all season. And they're not really going to be fighting over first or third position. So neither one of them will get enough points in a race to really pull away. Yeah. Like, like you see with the, the big winners. Sounds good. All right. The rest of the point scores. Well, so... I guess one of the ways I want to talk about the rest of the point scorers or the rest of the drivers. So, you know, every race, uh, as everyone knows, they do the little thing where you can vote on F1.com. I guess maybe people in the U.S. can't vote, but somebody can vote for the driver of the week where it gets a fan Mm -hmm. vote. So I thought maybe this week we should start including our driver of the week. Okay. which may or may not correspond to what everyone else thinks. And we can vote driver of the week based on any of our personal uh, biases or reasons why we might have liked that driver this week. So with that in mind, who was your driver of the week for Spain? Man, this is a hard one for me. I really want to give the the absolute Homer pick here. Um, give the Homer pick, man. I think you it's can... going to, I actually think it's going to be Leclerc and I, I not as I'm going to be pick. honest with you. If you didn't give the Homer pick here, I wouldn't understand why not, because it's sort of in a sense, the obvious pick is yeah. to say Leclerc. He did. 
better in both sessions than he should have. He drove the pants off of that car. Yeah. And yeah. he did it in a very well ordered and assembled fashion. Yeah, there were no any there weren't any situations like, oh, that almost got ugly. It was just really fast in qualifying, really fast in the race, and just got it done. So that's the homer pick. Um uh, now I want to hear yours. So mine is actually Danny Rick. Yeah. I think that he had a great race, and it's kind of cool to see him, you know, up in the thick of things. And I mean, he was there most of the race. You know, it wasn't like he just showed up right at the end. No, no. He had a great start. He and Perez got the jump on both Ocon and Signs. And then the only position that Ricardo gave up the whole race on merit was to Perez and he made life hell for Sergio. Um, oh yeah. They were fighting the whole, the whole time. I mean, he, yeah, he made life hell for Sergio, like just to get by. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a really good pick. I think Ricardo, I think it's a really good pick too, just in terms of like context of the season, because we, you know, we've talked about, you know, Ricardo struggling and all that last week, he had just kind of a hellacious week. That's a great drive. I mean, wh- what was he? Seventh, sixth, sixth. Yeah, that's a really good, really good finish. Yeah, he, he beats his teammate both qualifying in the race, beats one of the Ferraris. I think that's exactly what they're asking for. So, yeah, good pick. Totally. I almost said I, Hamilton because because fuck you. I mean, yeah, but that no, no, was pretty awesome to you. watch. <laughs> like, like the thing with Hamilton right now, Max is like I said, I, I've I've gave given praise to max in the season he's driving at this absurd level he's got more points than he's ever had at this point in the season mm-hmm. and the real fucked up part about it is hamilton has is having his best start to a season ever yeah the dude other than having like that weird like brain fart going around uh uh russell at emla where he slid off the track and got in a wreck hasn't done anything wrong he's just been kind of like at this you know, won a race he shouldn't have won in Bahrain and just been at the next level. So it's kind of, I'm kind of trying to enjoy it, or at least I, I want to, if, unless he doesn't end up retiring, like I think he's going to, and then I'm, I don't want it, want this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to talk about that since it's, uh, yeah, let's bring that up. I guess today there were a bunch of rumors that there was two rumors. One that Lewis wants to sign his contract this summer. And the other one is that he wants to sign a two year extension, which, you know, personally, I was like, oh, I'm great watching this wonderful Hamilton season with the idea that he wins the eighth title. That it was the denouement. That it was his that it was This his is swan a swan song. song. Yeah. And <laughs> and no, he's gonna come back and now I'm gonna have to hate him because I'm I'm I can't put up with the shit for two more years. Like <laughs> No. So, two so I, more years. Two more years of Hamilton and we might just have to put a pause on this podcast and and see y'all in twenty twenty four. We'll have to come back with a, a new <laughs> format where we don't review any of this. We're going to extend the stroll edict to Hamilton races, and then we'll never talk about F1 again. <laughs> just, we can just pay, like copy paste every week. Yeah, Hamilton won. <laughs> All right, next. Yeah, so RL Alexander 12 asked me, like, why would Hamilton even stop now? Like, he, he doesn't seem to be showing any degradation in his skills. Why is this, do I, or why does anybody believe this to be the last year? It's been kind of this feeling that even there was some talk that last year might have been the last year. He tied the world record for championships. If he wins this year, he's basically won like it would be his eighth championship. He's won like six of the last seven or something like that championships. Mm. Like he's kind of on this a unreal streak. He's shown everything he can. I, I if he won this year, 
right against a very competitive Red Bull and, a, and an extremely talented younger driver. I, I don't really know what else you could say you would do, right? And Lewis Lewis is involved in a bunch of stuff off track. I think we've talked about that before. He has a lot of social issues. He does music and fashion, and I don't know if he's good at any of it, but there's a lot of things he likes to do. <laughs> and I could see like saying, like, why would I do a sport where there's like basically a 10 and a half month season? Well, I'm also going to throw out as a reason not to play the same argument that I make when a lot of people ask why guys quit playing football as recently as last year, a dude almost died in a giant ball of fire on camera. Yep. Like this shit is dangerous as hell. And I know that, you know, they're all very driven to compete and they're, you know, it's baked into their DNA and that's why they're so good at this. But also at at some point, once you have, written all of the records i can see going you know what i'm gonna stop risking my life every week i'm going to sit on my giant piles of millions and i'm gonna design clothes and you know get involved in social issues and enjoy my life right yeah and it's not like if he piles on more championships it'll suddenly be the conversation is Lewis is obviously the greatest ever. Those conversations will always be tied up in the same BS that they are in every sport where it's like, well, actually, this person from a completely different era was better, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to de facto prove, like, you know, or objectively prove he's the best ever. He's already done, at least put himself in that conversation where it would be hard to at least argue against it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, also, this shit is taxing. Like, I know they, they kind of do it and it looks like they're driving a car, but like, they're isolated. It, it's a, it's a, one person sport. I know you have a team, but you know, you're competing with your teammate, like the mental focus that, you know, retired drivers have talked about, like it takes to do this. It's a lot. And like, if you think that, you know, so say this season, he's kind of taken himself, you know, what we've said in total wolf and a bunch of people have said he's kind of at a different level. That also means that's the mental commitment and, and the physical commitment to be at that level. And if he has to sustain that over an entire season to beat max, like the last time he really had to go a whole season was, uh, Nico Rosberg in 2016 and Nico ultimately beat him and like Nico retired he basically said like that took everything I had as a human being to do and I'm done I won a championship and I'm done I have a question yeah you know we we talk about how taxing this is and obviously everything about their entire weekend is extremely planned and and you know all of this and also they've been doing it for a long time uh, and the races are not particularly long, but I've wondered this before. Has the driver ever had to pee on himself? I assume, yeah. I don't right? know, like probably back in the day. Yo, uh, yeah, I'm sure back in the day. But even now, I feel like mm, every once in a while. there's a, The only thing I can say is, A, they lose like, four, like we talked about last week, they lose like four kilograms in, in weight from water loss, from sweating. No, I mean I tell I mean I also I have done uh a lot of long distance cycling in my day, which uh in Texas is a very dehydrating activity to ride a bicycle for seven hours in the heat. Yeah. Uh and you know, you lose ten pounds of water weight across the course of that. I still have to pee every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, the only other I'm, part... I am drinking a lot of fluids, which I guess they're not, but... The only other part I'll say is their diets are, like, meticulously managed down to, like, sure. every single thing they eat. So there's probably some person who's, like, planning their drinking and, like, 
peeing schedule such that they don't have to go during the race. And pooping schedule. You can oh, say yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah, you yeah. Know, oh, I, I didn't even get to that point, but yeah, they're probably working on that. All right. It's like, hey, uh, you know, Max, we need you to go take a shit. You're 15 minutes out from yeah. the race. Like, yeah, Max, uh, this next pit stop's going to be long because you need to deuce. <laughs> we need it. We need the uh, red flag so we can all go take a deuce. Because <laughs> Surprise deuce. <laughs> Somebody really like eat it so we can go. Uh, we can get out of these cars for a minute. Um, okay. Well, I don't really have a which driver said this for okay. this race. Uh, not a lot of drivers said a lot of anything. I mean, and it was all very matter of fact and, and whatever. So we're going to skip past that one. I feel like my under investigation this week is to ask whether or not they peed on themselves. Cause I would not have come up with something better. So ah, like we, we had a little one. bit of a discussion on the undercut strategy. Um, sure. So I think I think that'll pass for the overcut. And and if anybody wants any more details about that, um, y'all can just ping me. Um, the overcut we didn't really talk about because it's not really useful in current F1, but it's basically the opposite. You think you're faster on the old tires than the new one, so you stay out longer. I did want to mention on as far as which driver said this, we've already discussed this before. Probably the only thing that happened on the radio that made me laugh, and you were already aware of it too, was. Uh, I forget even what speci- which specific shenanigan happened that caused Leclerc to say over the radio, Mazepin will never change. Yeah, I think that was a practice thing. It was Mazepin being an, uh, uh, an idiot again. He had a really <laughs> banner weekend for getting yelled at on the radio. Yeah, because you know, he's developed a reputation already. In qualifying, he nearly took out Norris. Because he thought he he has now decided four races in that they're kind of gentlemen's agreement about how they let people on fast laps get by. And if you're going, you know, you kind of give room. He thinks it's stupid and it shouldn't be done that way. So he nearly he nearly took out Norris on Norris's qualifying lap. So he gets um, he got docked three positions, which is, you know, like me getting docked three positions, like still the last position. Yeah. You know, I I think that next time that somebody who qualifies last gets docked three positions that they should put three safety cars out in front of him and then have them like run three abreast and he has to figure out a way around there's extra grid spots just make him line up three (laughs) (laughs) make him line up further back i still don't feel like that's enough of a penalty it's not but he he, needs to get past something so he got that so for that one he got the three spot penalty they put a point on a super license i think if we're keeping score i saw that he's gotten two through four races and if you get 12 in a year you get a race ban so he's pretty much on pace to maybe get a race ban near the end of the year oh that'll be fun yeah then I think the... that if he does get a race ban, we should do something to celebrate. Oh, do something yeah. fun. We'll have to do it. We'll have to do to, it. To like honor it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the Russian like national anthem, but. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I would be distressed if you did just off the top of your head. But <laughs> it's a random fact that I've got sort of. And then in the uh, he actually helped us debut or help the FIA debut a new um, radio communication, which is hearing the team principal yell at the steward. Or the mm-hmm. FIA about getting a driver out of the way when you have to hear Total Wolf shouting about how Mazepin's up to it again and he needs to follow the blue flags because he was holding up Max, I think, at some point. Yeah. Or not Max Lewis, um, in pursuit of Max, which was a cool new feature. I can't wait to hear more people yelling about Mazepin <laughs> to the FIA. 
Um, I hope that it's only yelling about Mazepin. I know, that's the only thing that ever plays, <laughs> just people bitching about Mazepin. Like he's their Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up for the next race. Yes. Ooh, the next race is one of the best ones. Yeah, I mean, at least the, the, the next one, it's the one of the most famous ones, so it's Monaco in two weeks. You didn't get to enjoy this last year. No one did. They they just kept, they canceled the race altogether. So this Wait, one did we, they? Oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, the Monaco I'm thinking of was from uh, Drive to Survive. Yeah. But I was they, like, I watched them. <laughs> I did. Somewhere. I watched them on Netflix. So, yeah, that one's coming out next. That'll be really cool. Um, that one's going to be real fun because it's basically impossible to pass at Monaco. Mm-hmm. So, the whole thing will be on how good is qualifying. And then, you know, back to those discussions that we talked about, about overcuts, like, you know, are you able to in the one or two laps that the guy in front of you isn't in front of you because of the pit? Can you, you know, put down extra time or will you see the person in second place dictate the strategy to the guy in first place by doing the undercut? Right. So if it's, you know, Verstappen in second, does he dictate the race to Mercedes by pitting and getting a jump on Hamilton through the pits? So, yeah, that'll be interesting. I think one of the parts, if I'm going to be a homer, it's Leclerc's home race. You know, he's actually... Half these guys live there, but he's actually Monegasque. He's been qualifying. Is that right? the word? Monegasque? Yeah, Monegasque. Huh. Yeah. We'll learn something well, new. I was going to go with Monacoan. Monacoan? Monacoan? That, that makes them sound like they're from a I don't know. Pacific Island. Monegasque has a Q. Samoan, Monacoan. Monacoan. Yeah, that's like an island I feel like we didn't know about or something. <laughs> Monacoa. But, yeah, so it would be interesting. Monacoa to... absolutely sounds like a Tahitian island. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it does. 100%. So I guess the homer pick would be Leclerc's been qualifying really well. If he could somehow qualify in third, you know, just by like doing a blistering lap, and it would take, you know, Botas screwing up, which, you know, maybe that'd happen or, or whatever. You know, maybe he could uh, plug up the works enough to get a race win there because it is really hard to pass people. So, yeah. so that would be an interesting thing to watch. And then I guess, you know, the same story, McLaren versus Ferrari, and then then Hamilton and and Max are gonna be absolutely at each other's throat. Yeah. A couple years, Max is Max like gets kind of a, a a one week bonus at Monaco. It seems like he's really good there. A few years ago, even when the Red Bull was much worse than uh, the Mercedes, he he damn near beat Hamilton at, like straight fight, like passing him. He he kind of tried to go inside of uh, of of Hamilton heading into a chicane and he missed it. <laughs> he walked up the brakes and Hamilton conveniently used that as an excuse to go straight through the chicane and maintain his position. But yeah, if you're wanting something, it may be a big, big race for your boy. So I'm pretty excited for that. And it's uh, just, see, don't be getting me all be excited. It's a good race. And if anything, it's just a really fun race to watch. Like Monaco is, it's really pretty. It's a really cool, cool event and it's like oh i love monaco so monaco is the first race course that i knew like from when i was a kid i remember watching races at monaco and like it was the first like where i could recognize the chicane you know down there by the water yeah and I remember in then, and that's like from when I was a kid, kid. And then in college, we got a PlayStation 2 and had Gran Turismo 2. Mm. And the first time I played the course on there that was called Cote d'Azur. Mm-hmm. And I drove it literally one lap. And I was like, this is Monaco. 
Yeah. I knew it instantly. I was like, I know this course. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's such a good race, so I'm excited. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we want to thank again Chris King for our theme music. The track is Cat Mountain Drive off the album Gold Pulls. Go look it up, check it out, download it. Uh, thanks RCB05 for our album art. Uh, it looks very nice on our various platforms. Find us on iTunes, Google, subscribe, leave a review. That's helpful. That's always very cool. We got a review. We got one review. We are five-star reviewed for one review, is my understanding. No, we, ha- we have six five-star reviews, but we actually got a written review. So, Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah, write a review. If you're enjoying it, write it. a review. If you're not enjoying it, don't, you no. know, just leave. You don't have to, like, burn the place down on your way out. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, At we me. don't resent you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. We are at FNG1Pod. I am at DefNotChuck, and Sean is at Sean underscore leg with two Gs. And we will see you... How how far away is Monaco? Two weeks. We will see you in two weeks after Monaco. Possibly my favorite course in the world. Definitely my favorite course in the world. Good. Good day. I'm super excited. Thanks, y'all. We'll talk to you then. Take care. Bye, folks. Hello and welcome to FNG One, the new guy's guide to the. I'll get this right. Once. <laughs>